You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello and welcome to the Arrowhead Pride podcast we call From the Podium, where you get to hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney. The Chiefs are back to practice on Wednesday as they get ready for the New England Patriots. Chiefs head coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, safety Juan Thornhill, and left tackle Eric Fisher joined us via Zoom conference call. First half of this podcast, you'll hear from Reid and Mahomes. On the second half, you'll hear from Thornhill and Fisher. But first, here is the Chiefs head coach. Andy Reid. As far as injuries go here, Snead um, uh, is going to have his clavicle fixed. Um, it was fractured. And so we'll just see how, how that works for him as far as the time away and all. Um, and then Chris Jones um, has a groin strain, and, and we'll see what he can do uh, today. But really, that's uh, the, only, the only players that would uh, potentially miss. Uh, Snead definitely missing. Um, with that, listen, we look forward to the challenge of playing the Patriots. We we know um, what they're about. They're, they're a heck of a football team, and uh, they're as well coached as anybody in the National Football League. And on both sides of the ball and special teams, they're tough and aggressive uh, and, and well-schooled. So uh, we've got to make sure we have a good week of practice. <clears throat> Nobody does it better than Bill. Uh, does it um, in this league, and he's time-tested. He's been doing it a while. So, uh, And then Cam's uh, playing uh, great football for him. So we got to make sure that we, again, we, we get to practice here and, um, and that we focus in on what, what we need to do uh, to play our best game against them. So with that type here. Go first to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Andy, just, uh, excuse me, checking on Andrew Wiley. Um, is he going to be practicing today? Yeah, he'll, he'll go through practice today. Let's go next to Todd Lebo. Go ahead, Todd. Hey, Coach, you've, you've prepared to go against Bill Belichick teams a lot over the years. This is the first time in a long time you haven't had Brady over there to prepare for. You don't have a lot to look at. They didn't have exhibition games and stuff, but what do you think about the differences or are there differences with the way their offense runs with Cam there compared to, to Tom and what that challenge will be like? Yeah, well, they do a heck of a job on the offensive side. And they've got a, a great coordinator who's been doing it a long time and done it a bunch of different ways. Um, and they've got good players. So um, Cam being uh, in, in, a, in a role there that um, he is fully accepted and is, I think he's enjoying. So he's, he's doing a great job. And, um, and so... Uh, that's uh, we, we anticipate them being able to run the ball, but don't be fooled because Cam can throw the ball too very well, and and they mix it up and have the flexibility to do so. Um, and then defensively, uh, again, they're likewise they're always very well coached, and their scheme is as sound as can be, and they do quite a few things out of it. Let's go next to Herbie. Go ahead, Herbie. 
Hey, Coach, good morning. Yeah, Nakeem has a, a pretty good protocol system in place. And with what's going on in Tennessee right now, how much have you used that as a teaching moment to emphasize to the players and the staff the importance to adhere to the, the protocols? Yeah, well, and I'm not saying that they didn't. Um, I mean, to the best of your ability, you, you have to do that. I mean, Braves was a good program there, and and, um, and it's, it's a pandemic. So, I mean, things can happen. Um, and he's working through those now. But um, you've got to take as many precautionary measures as you can um, and try to stick with them. And then if something happens like that, then, then you've got to uh, work through that. So um, we've all been coached up on it. And, um, you know, um, we're all trying to do the best we possibly can with it. So um, anyways, that that's... I hope that answers what kind of word, what, what you did there. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Andy. Um, I know we're getting Juan Thornhill today, and so I wanted to ask you about your safety play. Juan, Tyron, Tedrick, and Dan Sorensen played a lot on Monday night. You guys really haven't given up a, as many explosive plays as most defenses have in the league so far. Just what have you liked most about that secondary group that you have, particularly at the safety position? Uh, listen, I, I well, I I think they're they have great communication, and David does a nice job of of uh, giving them indicators and things to work with, and and then they talk and they watch tape and they spend the time uh, to do that. Every week's a different challenge, you know. It's uh, no different this week. I mean, you got to as a safety, you got to be on your A game, so it ends up uh, being very important whether you're covering the pass game or or working with the run game. Um, so, but they've, they've taken each challenge so far um, and, and really uh, try to work it the best way they possibly can. I think communication is a big part of that. Yeah. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Good morning, Coach. Uh, I've noticed Pat's been spreading it around maybe even a bit more than last year. I was curious, uh, how have you seen maybe his strides through these three weeks in pre- uh, and post-snap processing? Yeah, no, he's done a nice job with that. I think he has a lot of trust in the guys and opportunities um, have called to where maybe it's not the primary guy. Maybe he goes to a different receiver and um, and he's been able to do it and see it um, and do it well. So uh, that part won't change. I mean, when EB puts everything together, he does it with the fact that he gets everybody involved. So, you know, I know there's only one ball. I mean, the guys know that too, but um, you still, you try to give guys an opportunity uh, to work their strengths. We have time for a couple more. Let's go Sam and then Sarin. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Andy, I wanted to ask you about the um, long pass to McColl for the touchdown on third and long. Yep. When you call that play, I, I know you've got a good feeling about it, but did, did it play out the, the manner in which you had anticipated when you called it? And was there anything else that specific that might have stood out to you about the way that play was executed? Yeah, so I, Mike Kafka saw something on tape that he liked there, and and um, and so we put the play in, and um, and then uh, it was for that. Uh, that was one of the opportunities that we had to uh, to call it um, in that situation. We had it in a couple different places, but um, we got the look that we wanted, and I I think it was uh, you know. It was a long pitch and catch, but it ended up being a nice throw and a nice grab. So. Let's go last to Sarin. Go ahead, Sarin. Uh, Coach, I know um, 
you know, you guys have had a lot of different uh, injuries over on the defensive side of the ball, yet, you know, it's it's been a, a good year, right, for the defense. How much uh, more of a scramble is there going on behind the scenes? Because you, you've come in with guys down, and then it seems like somebody goes down, important guys go down in the game as well, and yet there hasn't been really a drop-off. I know Tyran, you know, talked about letting some scores in in that first game late, and maybe that could be indicative. But for the most part, you know, there's been kind of a fire drill over there at times, and yet there, there hasn't been any drop-off. How, how much more is maybe going on behind the scenes than we see since the, the, the results have been there? Yeah, so, you know, your, your normal thing, Serena, is you go through all the, you know, the walkthroughs and you go through the installs and more walkthroughs and then you practice. And, and so um, the guys have been diligent with it. Um, the, the guys that have been backup players that are now playing – um, have been diligent with making sure they learn the game plan. So easy it is to for a relief pitcher just to kind of back off to have, we'll be fine. Uh, but these guys have actually jumped in and done it. And then Mike Spags and David and, and Sam do a good job um, uh, of rotating their guys back there and trying to get everybody in. A little bit that same thing, uh, you know, we do it with all the spots, but um, back there they've, they've got all these combinations that they're using, so everybody kind of gets a piece of it and has to get in and work it, but I think that's helped, I guess, uh, cutting it. Long story short, I mean, it's helped uh, to work that way. Yeah. Coach, we appreciate your time today. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Hey, Patrick, you mentioned after the game that the Ravens showed you a look that maybe you hadn't seen on film. Coach Belichick has made a living really off of that. I was wondering how you and Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid go through the process of preparing for maybe things that aren't on film. How do you, how do you go about that? Yeah, it, it takes a lot. I mean, being able to watch all what they've done this year, uh, being able to watch what they've done multiple years in the past. I mean, luckily for us, we've played them a good amount of times now, so we can see all the different types of stuff that they that they presented us and, and offenses like us. And so, uh, you know, there's going to be unscouted stuff. There's going to be stuff that he's going to throw out there. I mean, that's why he's one of the, the best coaches of all time. Uh, and so uh, we have to make sure that we are be able to make adjustments quickly and, and find ways to not have negative plays and have positive ones, even if it's unscouted. Let's go next to Karen Kornacki. Go ahead, Karen. Hi, Patrick. How are you doing? Great. What a great year for you. I mean, first of all, you're the Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP. You beat Baltimore. You show who's the top quarterback. And then you announce you're going to be a dad. I mean, can you put in perspective just all this great stuff for you? And, of course, the most important thing, being a dad. Yeah, I mean, it's extremely exciting. I mean, being able to kind of grow up and have these dreams of, of having a family and, and playing in the NFL and for that stuff to start happening and, and uh, really co- uh, coming into truth and everything like that. I mean, it's, it's really cool. And so I'm just excited uh, that I have, I have a lot of great people around me and I'm in a great organization and I'm able to live out these dreams day by day. Let's go next to Herb. Herbie. There you go, Herb. Go ahead. Hey, Patrick, how are you doing today? Doing good. Hey, in light of everything that's going on right now in Tennessee and Minnesota, and, and I know you've, you've, you've got some pretty strict protocols that you, you approach how this pandemic is going, how, how much have you reflected back on these last 24, 48 hours on things that you need to do to maybe tighten up some safety protocols? I, I, I honestly uh, feel like us as an organization has done a great job of holding each other accountable. I mean, it, it's something that can happen to anybody. Uh, you don't look down on anybody that, that it's, it's happening to, but it, I mean, it's kind of the, the way 2020 and the world has been. But uh, I feel like Rick and, and his staff and the whole organization has done a great job of keeping us socially distanced, making us wear masks 
even when people try to slip and not wear them, but making sure that they're wearing masks, holding each other accountable. Um, and, and then you just kind of accept what happens. And so uh, I'm just uh, just going to make sure that we keep emphasizing that, uh, make sure that we continue to wear our masks, socially distance and try to prepare ourselves so that we're not uh, harming anyone else or ourselves. Let's go next to Sam Ellinger. Go Sam. Hey, uh, Patrick, this is a little bit of an off the wall question, but um, you would have been, I think, in sixth grade when the Patriots went 16 and 0, 18 and 1. Uh, do you have any memories of, of watching that team? I'm also curious if that's something that's even 1% on your radar of going undefeated this year. Yeah, I have some memories for sure. I mean, when they had Moss and, and Brady and they were lighting up the scoreboard um, and, and then making the run and everything like that. I mean, that, that was an amazing, amazing football team. But uh, I haven't thought that far ahead. I mean, we're just 3 and 0 right now. Um, I think that if you start thinking like that is when you just lose football games. If you look at us last year, we came off a big win against the Ravens and then dropped a few games right there in, that, in this kind of October month. And so I think you just have to prepare week by week, day by day, and know that you're going to have a great challenge every single time you step on that football field. And so you can't take anybody uh, for granted, and you have to make sure that you really accept that challenge every single day. <clears throat> Go next to Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Patrick, back-to-back um, -back road games, empty stadiums, obviously. Just how excited are you to get back to Arrowhead? I'm very excited. I promise. I'm very, very excited to be there, have the fans there, uh, be in Arrowhead, uh, and, and kind of get the, feed off that energy. I mean, obviously, we've, we've learned to play in the, the empty stadium and, and kind of give ourselves our own energy uh, on the sidelines and rooting for each other, but then to have uh, Chiefs Kingdom there with us, uh, rooting us on, I'm excited for the, to be at Arrowhead and be able to play in front of some fans. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Patrick. I want to ask you about uh, Stefan Gilmore. You've played against him a number of times now. Um, what is it about him that stands out to you? And is there something about him that you and any quarterback really needs to know about him uh, when you're playing against him? Uh, I think all the, all the quarterbacks know he's really, really good. Uh, that, that would be the main thing. I mean, he's, he's a guy that's big, he's physical, and he's fast. And, uh, uh, being with Coach Belichick, you, you can really tell that he really understands route concepts. He really understands alignments, uh, what routes guys can run from certain alignments. And I think that's just made him better and better each year. So uh, uh, it's a great challenge for us. Uh, that entire defense is of uh, every single time we play them. But he's a guy that you have to know where he's at on the field. And you have to know uh, that he's going to be a physical guy that's going to uh, really contest every single play that you go his way. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Patrick, I was wondering, and I know you're not going up against him, but with uh, Cam Newton, just what are your memories of, of watching him and how much when you were coming up, did you sort of mimic and try to do some of the things that he does? Yeah, I wish I could do some of the things that he, that he does as far as, as, far as how, how, how physical he is and the way he's able to make plays happen. Uh, but he's a, he's, a, he's a great football player. Uh, someone I, like you said, I watched when he was at Auburn. He actually went to Blinn College, which is down there kind of close to East Texas. And so he played against like TJC and some of those uh, junior colleges. Um, and I see you see his highlights then when I was uh, back in high school in those days. And so he's a, he's a great football player and uh, he's in a great spot now and he's, he's playing really good football. So you understand it's going to be a great challenge uh, to go up against this team, knowing that they're going to be able to, they're going to be able to really uh, move the football. And hopefully our defense is going to come out there and, and play like they did this last week. Let's go next to Harold Coons. Go ahead, Harold. Hey Pat, um, you just continue to have success against teams that, blitz all the time. Just what goes into that success and how you've been able to do so far? And my other question to you is, if there had to be a player who's an uncle to the new baby on the team, who, who would you trust as the babysitter? Uh, well, the, well the, first question, the first question, I probably uh, would say, first of the blitz, I think the biggest thing that we, uh, 
that we do is we prepare. It's all preparation. We, we really prepare for blitz coverages and different different looks, different zone, fire zones, different man blitzes. And we have guys that quicken up the routes and get themselves open. Um, and then and then whenever we want to take a shot versus a blitz, I think guys do a great job of, of making sure they, they make distinct angles where I can throw the ball to space and let them make plays. Um, and, and we've done a great job of that. And then the second part, uh, uh, as far as like an uncle, I would say like Matt Moore or someone like that that's responsible. I could I can't let like Trav or anybody do it. I mean, they, you never know what would happen. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Patrick. Congratulations. Um, I wanted to ask you, because you guys are so good at throwing the ball and completing balls downfield, that your defense is one of the best, at least so far this year, at containing teams from not having big plays. Um, when you have Tyron Matthew, Juan Thornhill, Dan Sorensen, and even a new guy in Tedrick Thompson, just what do you think that they provide for that defense so that they're, the, the opposing offense isn't able to get big chunk plays the way you guys are on offense? I think the biggest thing they provide is they're going to they're gonna be right there contesting every single deep pass. And uh, that, that's, that's the difference maker. Whenever you have guys, guys that are contesting every pass and, that, and making it have to be a perfect throw and a perfect catch, Every single time, it's hard. It's a hard. It's hard on the the offense, and so uh, they might might give up a catch here and there, but they're going to be right there contesting it, and they, they take respect and responsibility of making sure that no big plays happen. We've got time for a couple more guys. We'll go Sam and then Seren. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Patrick. Um, we didn't ask you much about the the long touchdown to McCall Hardman after the game. Uh, you obviously took a really deep backdrop on that. Was that what you anticipated doing before the snap? I guess what did you see on that play and also before the play? Yeah, it was. I think it was one of those uh, like those kind of looks where they did that kind of package of blitzes that I wasn't expecting. And they, there was a guy free. And right off the snap, I knew that the guy was going to be able to come free. And I, I knew we had the coverage over the top that we liked. And so uh, instead of having to like maybe check it down or throw it, I wanted to buy time and let McColl run his route to put the ball out there and once I saw him make the, the, the first move of the double move, I knew that with his speed, he could run underneath it. So I just tried to put it out there as far as I could. It, as we call it, it was probably a little bit of a toaster. It, was, it wasn't a very good spiral, but it got out there enough where he was able to catch it and, and score. Uh, we'll go last to Seren. Go ahead, Seren. Patrick, I think your uh, numbers in September are like 32 touchdowns, no INTs, right? They're, they're pretty good in all the months, right? But they're off the charts in September. What, what do you attribute – uh, that success to and how you guys are able to be so efficient, uh, you know, to start the seasons. I, tr I truly believe it's how we run training camp. I mean, Coach Reed puts us in these situations that are very game-like, that they're they're very uh, similar to the situations that we really presented in the game, and we're prepared for it. And I think that's a uh, a big uh, credit to him and, and our whole coaching staff is they put us in situations in training camp that we're prepared for everything right out of the gate. And then now it's about building and, and keep getting better and, and carrying that momentum throughout the season. Patrick, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Bradley. You just heard from Chiefs head coach Andy Reid and quarterback Patrick Mahomes. And now we continue on with safety Juan Thornhill. You know, wanted to get your quick thoughts on, on the improved defensive play from week two to week three and what kind of challenges Cam Newton uh, with his arm strength and his running abilities bring to the defense. Uh, with us coming in week two, I, I just feel like we didn't come in uh, mentally prepared. We were just we were lackadaisical and just guys weren't ready to play. And that's what it showed on the field. Like uh, we were missing tackles, guys messing up on assignments and things like that. But then going into week three, guys went into practice with a whole different mentality, thinking we're going we're gonna to stop the run. We're going to make those tackles. We're going to make the plays that we didn't make in the past week. So that was just one of the main things that we focused on. And obviously it, uh, I mean, it showed. 
And then, like, this week coming up, I mean, Cam Newton, he's a heck of a quarterback. He's a heck of an athlete. Uh, going against these guys, they're very fundamentally sound. So it's definitely going to be a, a, a good game on our hands. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Juan. Um, looked like you were more involved in the action against Baltimore than you had been in the two previous games. I think you were the leading tackler for the Chiefs. Um, is that a sign that you feel like you're coming around? Do you feel like your game and you, your comfort level with where you are is maybe where ahead of where it was in the first two games? Uh, well, first of all, I'd just like to say thanks to my coaches because with a game I had, the second game, I missed a lot of tackles. And most of the time, some coaches would just give up on you and just try to uh, take you out of the run game since I missed so many tackles. But then they had, they had faith in me, and they still kept me in there and allowed me to go in and redeem myself and actually put me in there in those run fits to make those plays to show that I'm still there. And I definitely feel like I'm, I'm getting back to where I was. It, just, it was all about confidence, making those plays, just showing myself that I could do it. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Juan. Given what you know now after your rookie season, playing next to guys like Dan Sorensen and Tyron Matthew, just what do they give you the ability to do from a freedom standpoint that allows you guys not to give up so many big plays like other secondaries in the league? Uh, with Dan and, and Tyron, they've been in the NFL for a long time. So they've seen pretty much everything. They've been around all these quarterbacks. They know what these quarterbacks like to do. And they give me little little tips that can help me out in my game. And I just follow the lead with them guys because them guys tell me what to do sometimes. And I also have to tell them what to do. And we just we're bonded so well that it allows us to to know what our teammate is going to do. Like, I know his strengths. He knows my strengths. He knows my weaknesses. So it allows us to play well together. That's why we don't give up as many big plays as some of these other secondaries make. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Juan, I, I know you're always ready to intercept the football and maybe not necessarily always just looking for it, but how eager are you to get your hands on the football and how much do you feel like that'll be a culmination of everything that you've sort of been working towards for the past nine, ten months? You know, I mean, DB's dream is to always catch interceptions, and that's my biggest thing, but I'm not going to do anything extra. Just do just do my job, and hopefully the ball will start coming my way, and I'll make those plays because once you start trying – trying too hard, that's when you start making mistakes. So if you just focus in on your technique and do what you're supposed to do, those plays will come. Let's go next to Sarin Petro. Go ahead, Sarin. Uh, Juan, I know defensively one of the things, you know, first thing you got to do is, is the quarterback a threat to run, right? You're facing two guys in a row that are, but they're very different. I, I'm, I'm curious, you know, is it similar preparation from that standpoint of it, of how the guys run, or – is it as different as it looks how they are when they're running the ball? Because they're very different different type of guys running the ball. Uh, realistically, they're they're pretty much the same guy. I see it as because we have four game four games in a row where we have a, a mobile quarterback. Pretty much, I mean, um, the Chargers he was pretty mobile as well. But these guys are all very athletic, so it's pretty much going to be I mean just doing the same things that we've been doing, and just hopefully we just can come out with the win. Got a couple more hands up. Let's go, Sam, and then Harold. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Juan, what's up, man? Um, got a couple things for you. The first one I wanted to ask about is coming back from your injury, obviously you get back on the field in week one, but do you have to sort of mentally remind yourself to be patient, that it's going to take some time to get back to playing the exact uh, way you were able to play at the end of last season? Yeah, I mean, talking about Tyron and everything, he, he's been through it two times, and he told me that it's going to be sometimes I'm going to be so close to making a play, but I'm going to be a little short just because of the fact that I'm, I'm not comfortable and I'm not where I was. And like, like, like you said, I just have to remind myself, like, it's going to come. Just be confident because that's the main thing. If you're not confident in your ability, you're not going to make any plays at all. So 
uh, I just see myself getting better each week and just pushing myself even harder each week in practice. And uh, hopefully I'll start making more plays. The second thing I wanted to ask you about is the cornerbacks for you guys. I mean, it has, has kind of been a turnstile here with just the suspension and, and injuries. And now Legarius is out. What's it been about the secondary that you guys have still been able to, to, to maintain your play to, despite those injuries back there? You know, with football, things happen all the time. I mean, guys get hurt, guys get in trouble. Anything could possibly happen. But the thing is, like, we always have that next guy up mentality. So uh, Coach Mary always talking about how everyone's a starter in our defense because you never know when your time is going when your time's going to come. Like with with Snead going down this week, we have other guys that have to step up and be ready to to, to play those snaps that he had had and, and be ready to make those plays that come come their way. Let's go last to Harold Coons. Go ahead, Harold. Hey, I was just uh, curious about how, you know, introducing Tedrick back into the defense there. has he kind of helped you guys all mesh along? And then Tyron Matthews says he's pissed, but he's still optimistic. You kind of agree with that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, we we played, we played some good football last game, but there's still some things that we need to correct. Uh, we gave him some plays that we shouldn't. But, I mean, that's how we're always going to go into each game. We, we're, our goal is to give up no points, obviously. Like, that's what we're trying to do. Like, if we give up a touchdown, we're all pissed about it. But – uh, Tedrick, he's definitely stepped in. He's been playing a big role, making some big plays for us. So uh, hopefully we can keep him in there and he can keep making those plays. Well, we appreciate the time today. Thanks for joining us. All right. Thank you. Hey, Eric. Good afternoon, man. How you doing? Hey, you had mentioned during training camp that uh, you wanted to, you had all pro tackle as one of your wants. How safe is it to add all pro wide receiver? And there's a second part to that. Uh, what was going through your mind when you knew that play was getting called and when the ball was in the air? Oh, uh, yeah, we had to go heavy personnel on that. And once Wiley was down, I didn't think there was a chance we were calling it. So it kind of surprised me, which might have been a good thing. That way I wasn't thinking about it the whole game. But uh, when I when it came in, um, you know, I went and reported eligible and uh, luckily kind of tricked the defense on the field there and uh, wide open over there in the, in the end zone. And that, that made me work for that one a little bit, but it's all right. Uh, we, uh, we practice those kind of things, and uh, it was a memory I'll uh, have for life. Let's go next to Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Eric. I know you played some tight end way back in the day. I'm just curious the last time you were in the end zone. Last time I was in the end zone, uh, so we ran the veer in high school. I was an outside linebacker for my sophomore and junior year, but we had a tight end package on the goal line, just kind of like throw it up to me in the corner of the end zone. So junior year was probably the last before that, freshman year when I played quarterback. Uh, got a couple touchdowns, but yeah, I haven't been in the end zone much. Let's go next to Karen Kornacki. Go ahead, Karen. I I hope you've watched video of it. You were stunningly, um, you know, athletic, but want to ask you about the Patriots. You guys have faced one defense, defensive front, one defensive, uh, you know, the strength of these teams have been on defense, especially up front. When you look at the Patriots, again, they're a strong defensive team and, how do you prepare for them? Like you have Baltimore and the Chargers or, you know, is there something specific about them you prepare for? Oh, yeah. They, uh, they got a good defense. Obviously, they're winning football games and um, defense is a big part of that. And, uh, you know, so I think as an O-line, we're just uh, trying to prepare with the same mentality, um, making sure we're studying, making sure we're watching the film, uh, what they're doing and uh, just practicing the right way. Um, we, we practice with a game like tempo. And uh, I think that's been paying off for us. And to keep that going, it's a challenge, but it's, you know, one we're up for. And uh, Coach Reed, you know, doesn't accept anything but it. Um, so 
you know, we're excited for another challenge this week. And, you know, the ch- challenges will just continue. Uh, we got a big bulls, bullseye on our, our back, um, you know, coming off the Super Bowl win. And, you know, we started this thing right. We just got to keep it going. Let's go next to Steve Walls. Go ahead, Steve. Hey, what's happening, Fish? What's up? Hey, with, with only a limited number of fans at the game on Monday, on the TV broadcast, Patrick could be heard calling out the blitz with his pre-snap read of the defense. Is that one of the areas in his game where you feel like uh, he has progressed? Yeah, I mean, uh, he's he's got a knack for it. Uh, he's doing a great job seeing that stuff, you know, but as an outline, we're also preparing for that stuff. Uh, we knew what was coming the other night, and, you know, obviously we, we call it a, like a flavor of the week. You know, they're going to they're gonna tweak it every week a little differently. You know, we'll see something different than what's been on film this week also. We just, um, you know, once we see it once in the game, we make a sideline adjustment for, for what we're going to, you know, how we're going to handle that. And uh, we just, you know, keep keep doing our thing. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you're not always going to see exactly what you see on film. Um, but we just handle that like pros and uh, keep on rolling. Looks like we've got four more hands up, so we'll just go right down the line. Let's start with Todd Lebo. Go ahead, Todd. Hey, Eric, a couple of things. First off, it, it looked to me on the TV coverage like you might have wiped your hands on Patrick's towel and said something to him right before that play, if you could take me through that. And then the second part is just about – having you know Wiley out right before the game you've got a new guy next to you just kind of what the cohesion of the line has been so far this year on those quick things where you have to have a change right before a game and just how you've been working with Osimile yeah I did uh I did wipe my hands off if you uh if you come down in the trenches mid-game you'll see there's a there's a lot of sweat involved so uh didn't want to let that one slip through my fingers so I thought it was worth uh kind of sneakily uh wiping my hands off before that and I'm glad I did you know uh I got it in and put it in the end zone. Um, and then, yeah, I think when guys go down, we've been trained for those situations. It's not the first time. I mean, it's it's the trenches, man. Guys get hurt mid-game. You know, something happens before game. Uh, I think Coach Reed's big thing is, man, when next guy is in, we don't expect any drop-off. Mike came in and did a great job uh, playing next to Clutch. He's been great. Uh, we got a good thing going. We just got to, you know, keep working, staying consistent, and doing what we do. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Eric, I'd imagine after the touchdown catch, there were some calls with some friends, family, mentors. Um, I was curious if you could tell us your favorite conversation and what uh, it, it was like. Yeah, I had a lot of texts. It took me probably through yesterday to get back to everybody. <laughs> I tried to do my best on that. Um, but no, everyone was excited for me. Uh, I think, you know, one of the coolest stories about it is, you know, my dad actually mentioned, he's like, I wonder when the last time a tackle and a fullback scored in a game. And I'd, I'd be curious on that. I have no idea. I don't, I don't really know how you figure that stuff out. But, uh, um, you know, I think it was a pretty cool night for, you know, me and Sherm to get in the end zone. And, uh, you know, especially on Monday Night Football, it's a, it's a memory I'll cherish. Looks like we've got two left, Sarin and then Blair. Go ahead, Sarin. Uh, Eric, I'm curious, you mentioned practicing that play, and and I think Andy said, you know, you snuck that in, you know, maybe the times when the media wasn't there, right, getting some some reps in, and Patrick talked about it, said, you know, he'd thrown it in practice and, and made you jump once. He wanted to kind of see what your what your reach was. I'm curious, how, how many times do you get a chance to practice a play like that? And then conversely, like, that's fun, right? The fans had fun. You guys clearly had fun with it. How, how much does Andy Reid have in those kind of plays? be it in the game, but also in practice and getting to do some kind of unorthodox things, maybe lighten the mood and, and perhaps make you guys a better team because it does make you know, the work part of the equation fun. 
Yeah, uh, you know, I think to start off, Coach Reed's got quite the playbook. So when we say, like, we practice something a lot, I mean, three or four reps is practicing something a lot. You know, we, we got a lot of stuff to get through in the week, and, um, you know, we get as much in as we can through our, in our walkthrough and practice. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think during our practice week, we, we probably ran it three times maybe, um, you know, and we just kind of get the spot where I needed to be. And, you know, with that uh, – the end dropping with me a little bit, Pat had to put it a little over the top, which I adjusted to, and I'm glad I was able to reel it in. And, um, you know, it was fun. Uh, but, yeah, we're, we just prepare for, you know, whatever Coach Reed's got dialed up, and uh, we go out and execute. Go to the last one. We'll go to Blair Kirkoff. Go to Blair. Hey, Eric, when media can go to practice, usually I guess it's on Fridays, uh, one of the last things we see before we leave is, um, offensive linemen catching passes and that, you know, you guys are jogging. And I'm just wondering, you know, it looks to us like, man, this is just something to get the, get the blood flowing. But is there some value to that? And, um, and did it come in handy when, you know, when your number was called the other night? Yeah, um, I mean, for the O-line and D-line, man, uh, we get our work in big time on Wednesday and Thursday and coaches practices and, you know, Friday's like a polishing day. And uh, I think starting off practice with that is like a little bit of a reward for working our butts off the last two days. Um, you know, it, it just gets us in a good mindset, you know, ready to just polish all the details on Friday. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess, you know, over the years, obviously we've, I've been doing that for eight years on Friday practices. Uh, I'm guessing, you know, maybe my hands got a little better and, uh, you know, it's a, it's a fun period for us, but, uh, yeah, maybe possibly helped. Fish, we appreciate you joining us. Thanks for the time today. Thanks, guys. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.